In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This evening in the church, we are celebrating the feast of St. Maximus the Confessor. And St. Maximus is a very bold and courageous and inspiring saint. And really one who lives up to what we heard in the gospel, which is why this is the gospel that is chosen for those who are confessors in the faith. Uh, He was bold to speak uh, when the authorities were against him. And he uh, was filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to say the words that needed to be said, even when they were not received very well. Because St. Maximus, he lived at a time uh, in the 6th and the 7th century when there was a very uh, grave heresy that was in the church, and, and we'll get there. Uh, But St. Maximus, uh, in his early life, he was so intelligent, so bright, and and so uh, such a great orator and writer uh, that he worked his way up uh, to the highest uh, position that he possibly could. He actually was the the chief secretary and the counselor to the emperor Heraclius at the time. Uh, Well, Heraclius, unfortunately, was a heretic. He believed in the, con- the heresy that was going around that I mentioned called uh, monothelitism. Now, monothelitism was a heresy that was connected to one that was um, ruled to be a heresy 200 years earlier, monophysitism. So monophysitism was the heresy that Jesus Christ only had mono, one nature, physis. So monophysitism, the Greek word that means one nature. Well, that heresy was, as we know, we teach and preach Christ in two natures, fully God and fully man. And so that was was the proper teaching that had been taught in the church since the very beginning and continued to be taught during the time of St. Maximus. Uh, But St. Maximus was at this time of monothelitism. And that meant that they believed that Jesus only had mono, one, will, just the divine will. And Maximus and the true faith of the church confessed that Jesus Christ, if he is in two natures completely, fully God and fully man, then he also has to have two wills, the divine will and the human will. And we see that at places like uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, where our Lord prays just before he's going to his passion. And he says, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And so we have the submission of the human will to that of the divine will. And then that that becomes the example that we are all to live our life that way as well, submitting our human will to that of the divine will. Well, St. Maximus, in his boldness, again, he was the chief secretary and the chief counselor to the emperor, but he couldn't abide by the emperor's heresy. So he left that office and he became a simple monk. And then at that time, three of the patriarchs in the East, the patriarch of Antioch, unfortunately, that's ours, the patriarch of Constantinople, uh, the patriarch of uh, Alexandria, or of Jerusalem, were all monophylites at that time. And so he ended up leaving the Eastern Church and leaving the East and going traveling West, all along the way, preaching the truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he passed down to us some beautiful, beautiful writings on the cosmic mystery of Jesus Christ. He left a commentary on the divine liturgy. 
left commentaries on the scripture, some very, very beautiful, beautiful writings, always, always standing firm to the, the two natures, the two wills of Christ. Well, eventually, towards the end of his life, after many years of, of trying to combat this heresy, uh, a council was held in the West, First Lateran Council, and at that council they decreed that Christ surely has two wills. And Maximus was at that council, and he carried that decree back into the East, and he thought that that might give him some authority and some, uh, uh, to say, look, the, the rest of the church says that this is the truth of the faith. Maximus was arrested. And at the age of about 80 years old, suffered tortures, had his tongue cut out, his hand cut off so that he could stop being a thorn in the side of the emperor. And by that time, it wasn't Heraclius who was the emperor. It was his grandson, Constans II, who was the emperor, but still a heretic at that time. And so he tortured and, again, had Maximus's uh, tongue cut out and his hand cut off so that he couldn't proclaim the faith in any way to the people and spread the heresy that, of course, is actually the truth. And uh, Maximus actually lived three years after that happened, and so he lived to be about 82, 83 years old and spent those last few years of his life without a tongue and a hand uh, and submitting to those tortures because one reason. He knew who Christ was, and he loved him. He knew who Christ was, and he desired Christ. He desired to know God over and above everything else. And so he was bold and courageous. And it's because of that that I want to uh, mention to you today uh, some of his less-known writing, at least perhaps for some of us. He wrote about these dogmatic things. But in the second volume of the, what's called the Philokalia, which the word itself means the love of beauty, there are what's called the 400 chapters, the four centuries that St. Maximus the Confessor writes on love. And when it says 400 chapters, you know, when you think of that, you think of a very big book, right, with lots of, of pages. But each chapter is actually just about a paragraph. It's about the amount that you could see on a Hallmark card. But in, when St. Maximus talks about love, you don't want it to be on a Hallmark card because that is not the type of love that Hallmark is selling that St. Maximus is attempting to put forward to us to say, this is the love that we need to have for God. This is the love that we need to have for one another. This is the love that actually saves us because it is about the destruction of self-love, and it is about turning everything in our being to God himself. And so I'll read just a couple of, of the, the different um, chapters that he has, and I actually discovered on YouTube last night that there's actually um, someone on YouTube, if you type in the uh, Maximus the Confessor chapters of love, you can actually have someone read it to you. And so um, I did that a little bit last night, and they are, they're beautiful, of course. So Maximus starts his centuries on love, and he says, Love is a holy state of the soul, disposing it to valuable knowledge of, of God above all created things. And so real love, real love is about a state of the soul that is directed completely and entirely to God. That's what real love is. 
Actually, this is a note from Clifford. This is Clifford's old book. It's, it's kind of fun to discover that yesterday. But Maximus talks about love being a complete devotion and direction to God. Not to another person, not to another thing. And that's why where he goes through the rest of these and says, if you think of someone else or something else more than you think of God, then you really don't love God. And so it's about destroying that self-love or that love for other things and gearing ourselves completely towards loving God. And what that does is transforms us and helps us then to love our neighbor. And most of the time when Maximus talks about loving our neighbor, you can actually insert the word enemy there because he really puts a very strong emphasis on ensuring that we love our enemy. We love everyone. And so towards the end of his centuries on love, St. Maximus says, Strive as hard as you can to love every man. If you cannot yet do this, at least don't hate anybody. He says, Has someone vilified you? Do not hate him. Hate the vilification and the demon which induced him to utter it. If you hate the vilifier, you have hated a man and so broken the commandment. What he has done in word, you do in action. To keep the commandment, show the qualities of love and help him in any way you can so that you may deliver him from evil. So when someone does something to you evil, be kind and gentle and nice to them and teach them the proper way is what he's saying. Christ does not want you to feel the least hatred, resentment, anger, or rancor towards anyone in any way or on account of any transitory thing whatsoever. And my favorite, one of my favorite ones, which is the, this number 398 of the 400 chapters, he says, The friends of Christ love all truly, but are not themselves loved by all. The friends of the world neither love all nor are loved by all. The friends of Christ persevere in love to the end. The friends of the world persevere only until they fall out with each other over some worldly thing. And so it is about being a friend of Christ and attempting to love all truly. And that's what Maximus devoted himself to. That's why he was willing to have his tongue cut out and his hand cut off in order to proclaim the truth of who Christ is. Because when we know who Christ truly is, we attempt to actually live as Christ. We know that he is the image of the invisible God and we are his creature created in his image and likeness and therefore we are to reflect that love to the rest of the world. Otherwise, we might win an argument, but an argument might get our our tongue cut out, but we won't ourselves be saved. But we are saved when we love like God loves and we devote ourselves to love like God loves us. The last thing that he says to us in his Centuries on Love, chapter 400, says, Many have said much about love, but you will find love itself only if you seek it among the disciples of Christ. You can only find true love in the church, he's saying. For only they have true love as love's teacher. Though I have the gift of prophecy, says St. Paul, and know all mysteries and all knowledge and have no love, it profits me nothing. He who possesses love possesses God himself, for God is love. And that's how Maximus ends his 400 chapters on love. 
So Maximus the Confessor is a beautiful saint for us to ask for his intercessions and his prayers because he was bold to seek and, and to preach and teach the truth, giving up worldly, uh, worldly possessions and a great job and a great easy lifestyle in the court of the emperor because he wanted the truth of Christ over and above everything else. And he left everything in order to find it and to then pass that on to the rest of the world, not only through his words and through his writings, because that's what we still have, but in his immense love for God, which was declared in his immense love for everyone. I can only imagine him getting his tongue cut out and, like Stephen, saying, Father, forgive them just like our Lord on the cross, because of his love for people, because of his knowledge of Christ. May we know Christ like that and desire Christ like that so that we can love God and show our love for God through our love for the rest of this world. And that's how the world will know the truth. Eventually, the church was able to accept the teaching of Maximus. It took time. But it was by his example and his love and his connection to Christ that it wins the day. And so may we take that as our example. Focus everything we can on Christ. Trust him. Love. And leave the rest to God. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.